Shalom Aleichem, Shavua Tov to all of you listeners of this great station, J. Root, the station of Torah, Divrei Musar, Divrei Halacha, religious music. Today, I'm going to speak about the parasha we read yesterday, Parashat Vayakhel. This is Rabbi Elbaz from SLC. The parasha starts, Vayakhel Moshe, Et kol adat ben Israel. Moshe Rabbeinu gathered all the Bnei Israel. It looks like he gathered them to give him to repeat the instructions about the building of the Mishkan. Hakadosh Baruch Hu gave the instructions to Moshe, and now he's relating to them to the Bnei Israel all those instructions. But he didn't start with that. He started with Shabbat. Why did he start with Shabbat? Supposed to be the Mishkan learned them about the Mishkan. Well, if you say, well, the Hachamim are saying like this. It's saying that Shabbat was put right next to the Mishkan in order to learn that all the 39 melachot, the 39 types of works, types of activities that were used in the Mishkan, those would be prohibited on Shabbat. That's why you have the juxtaposition of the Shabbat with the Mishkan. Fine, if that's the re- if that's the only thing, but well, why put it here? Wait until the end of the parasha and say, oh, look, uh, thou shalt not do any uh, of the activities of the Mishkan on Shabbat, finished, but why over here? But we do know one thing. According to Rashi and many Adam and Farshim, that the Mishkan was built in order to atone, lechaper, on the sin of the Egel. But the Egel, they made a mistake, and they produced a golden calf, an idol, now they're rectifying it by building a place which is uniquely for HaKadosh Baruch Hu, recognizing only Hashem. That's fine. But also, the reason why the Shabbat was put in here, because it also has something to do with that. But before I speak about this question and elaborate on it, being that we're talking about Shabbat, I would like to say a few words about the Shabbat, about the Pesukim that we have in the beginning of the parasha. The Torah tells us, Sheshet yamim For six days, work shall be done. Te'ase. It doesn't say ta'ase, you shall do the work, but te'ase will be done. Why? Why te'ase? The Gemara in Masechet Betzah tells us that Kol mezonotav shil adam All the parnasah of a human being is fixed from one year to the next. To the next. From one Rosh Hashanah to the other Rosh Hashanah. Regardless what you do, it's all in the hands of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. With the exception of the expenses for Shabbat and Yom Tov, and also the expenses of Talmud Torah, for Talmud Torah. If it gives less, so that he makes less. 
If he gives more, then Hashem will give him more. So this is what we mean by te'aseh, the melacha is going to be done anyway. And the hispanasa is going to be done. I've heard many people complaining, oh, you know, if I close on Shabbat, I'm going to make less. It doesn't work that way. You may make less now. Then later on, somehow, you're going to pay for it in a different way. It's all in the hands of Hashem. Whatever you're going to make, you're going to make. We must have ishtadlut, of course. A person cannot sit, do nothing, and say, hey, my mizonot are already fixed. I don't, it doesn't matter. No, that's no good, because now you're relying on a miracle. Relying on a ness, you're going to have to be a super tzaddik for HaKadosh Baruch Hu to make a ness for you. That's not going to happen. You have to do ishtadlut. But after your ishtadlut, HaKadosh Baruch Hu will give you whatever was fixed for you. Therefore, it doesn't pay to go ahead and just say, okay, I'm going to make class if I close the Shabbat. No way. Not only are you doing a big mitzvah, but Hashem will reward you even more. Then it says after that, one pasuk with seven words. Lo teba'aru esh bechol moshvotechem beyom Shabbat. You shall not light a fire in any of your dwellings on Shabbat. Uh, this particular pasuk is a lot, uh, very interesting pasuk, and there's a, a lot of talk about it. Now, we know there are 39 melachot on Shabbat. Av melachot. These are major melachot. Of course, there are derivatives of melachot. And habara, lighting a fire, is one of them. So then, first you ask, why did this, uh, <laughs> all of a sudden, the trust and he goes, thou shalt not light a fire. Well, there's, there's 38 other Av Melachot. Why only, why only this one? Well, there are a number of Tirutzim. There was one Tirutz that said, you know, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, he created the world in six days and rested on Shabbat, but fire was not created until Mozart is Shabbat. Everything else was before except for the fire. So that's why the fire had to be by, by itself. And Hashem is telling you, okay, the fire also thou shalt not do on Shabbat. You shall rest from that also. This is one, uh, one answer. Another answer that I have seen was that many of the other melachot were done with fire. I mean, when you deal with gold, silver, uh, copper, uh, uh, many other things require fire in order to work them. So being that this one happened to be one of the major melachot, that's why Hashem uh, singled it out by itself. The Hachamim tell us something else. Rashi brings that Loteva'aru Esh, there's a machlok, a division, division of opinion between the Hachamim. And some say, Hab'ara lelav yatsat. That lighting the fire, according to one opinion, if a person does that on Shabbat, shalom, then he gets malkut. Normally, if a person desecrates the Shabbat, 
and there is a warning, and there are witnesses that saw him, and then goes to a Bedin, and he's found guilty, then he is executed by stoning. Now, obviously, we say executed by stoning, but this very, very rarely happened that there were executions by stoning because people adhered to this, and it was very difficult to prove that a person has done something uh, of, of that uh, status, something so, so, so big, so sacrilegious like that. At any rate, this hakamim say that Habana is only a love, which is a malkut. Others say love lehalik yatsat, meaning that just like Habara, a person has is hayav if he does it bishogeg, let's say, is hayav hatat. Then, if he does many of these things, as they say in Hebrew, meaning. He forgot that it was Shabbat. And he did many, many different melachot. Maybe the five other melachot, ten other melachot. So we don't say that being that he did all of them in one halem, in other words, in one time when he forgot it was Shabbat, that it should be only hayav one of them. No. Hayav alkol ehad ve'ehad. Is hayav on hatat ifesbeshogeg on each one of these things. That's so far, so so far so good. But there's something very very uh, uh, well. There, there's another another reason is that I've seen in order not to confuse it with Yom Tov. After all, one of the most important things that we have in home is prepare, preparation of food. And that requires fire. On Yom Tov, we're allowed to have fire. We're allowed to cook. So Hashem is telling you, oh, maybe this is very important and you have to prepare your food, but on Shabbat you don't. Even though on Yom Tov I say you can, on Shabbat you can't. But there is another thing, a very important issue here of Lotevaru Esh Bechol Moshbotechem. And this is one of the many places where the Tzdukim and later on the Karaim gave us a hard time. Now the Tzdukim and the Karaim, and even nowadays they call them the Shomronim, are types of Jews, if you want to call them really full Jews, I don't know if they are full Jews or not. They, they're questionable uh, whether they can, uh, they can pass uh, for a Minyan, or if someone had, if a Karai has a Brit Milan Shabbat, whether a Mohel is allowed to do it or not. These are all questions that have been uh, treated by the poskim. But the thing that Sdokim only believed in the letter of the law. Whatever the Torah says, literally, that's all they would do. They didn't believe in the Gemara. It's obvious that without the Gemara, <laughs> we can't just rely on the Torah. The Torah is very cryptic many times. It tells you a few words, and from there you learn uh, a whole masechta, masechet sukkah. How many words in the Torah that talk about the sukkah? We have a whole masechet. Something with Rosh Hashanah, something with Yoma. Obviously, we must have the Gemara. 
in order to understand fully what the Torah says. Lotevaru esh the tzdukim and the karaim and the shomronim understand it as meaning thou shalt not have a fire period in your dwellings regardless of what. So they sat and ate cold food and Friday night they didn't have any candles lit because thou shalt not have any fire which is extremely very impractical and this is why that type of religion that they had eventually faded and disappeared from the earth because it, it's not practical. Our hachamim say, hey, lotevaru esh, that's right, you don't kindle the fire yourself. But if you had it from before Shabbat, that's fine. And it's okay. And there, there's many, many things like that. For example, v'hayule ot aliyadecha ultutafot ben'enecha. We say that the tefillin should be on the arm and also a frontlet between the eyes. Now, the the tzdukim, the, uh, the they interpreted that as being mamash, uh, between the eye, on the forehead, right between them. That is not what the hachamim said. The hachamim can't be that way. It's, it's on top of the head, right where the hairline uh, 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 starts. That's where you put the tefillin. But they didn't do it that way. And a very, very big controversy, and there are many of these things, but one very big one which I think is uh, interesting, which should be mentioned, is the case of the Sefirat HaOmer. The Torah says, Usfartem lachem HaShabbat. That you shall start counting the Sefirat HaOmer from the day after Shabbat. The Torah does not tell us which Shabbat it is. It just says from the day after Shabbat. Hachamim tell us the day after Shabbat is the day after the first day of Yom Tov, of Pesach. Because Pesach is Yom Tov, is also Shabbat in the sense that one, that you rest from work. There's no work. They interpreted it as Shabbat from the day after the regular Shabbat. But that's a big problem. Which Shabbat? Which, which regular Shabbat? Which one? The one before Pesach? The one after Pesach? The one in the middle of Pesach? Maybe two weeks before? It doesn't say. So obviously, the, the big problem. So that's why the Hachamim are telling us Usfartem lachem imahorat ha-Shabbat that is Shabbat of Pesach. And I saw once an interesting shot about Shabbat HaGadol. Why do we call Shabbat before Pesach Shabbat HaGadol? Why? Well, there are many many Tirutzim, but one interesting shot is because to differentiate it from the Shabbat Katan which is the first day of Pesach is also Shabbat. It's a Shabbat Katan. And this one is the Shabbat Hagadol. That's the big one. Uncle let's get back to our question that we said before. Why do we have the Shabbat over here? In the middle of all the instructions of the Mishkan, all of a sudden the Shabbat appears. 
Now we do know that the Mishkan is to atone for the Eger. Well, as it turns out, Shabbat also is similar to the Mishkan in that sense, in the sense that the Shabbat also is there in order to atone for something like the Egel. How do we know that? We know that from the Midrash. The Midrash says, Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai said, Kol HaMeshaber Shabbat Kilchato. Anyone that keeps the Sabbath properly, with its dikdukim as it should be, Afilu Abad Abodazara Kedor Enosh. Even if Chasve Shalom, he worshipped Abodazara like Dor Enosh, like the generation of Enosh, Akadosh Baruch Hu Mochelu. Akadosh Baruch Hu will forgive him. Now we have to understand what this means and how this relates with the Egel. First of all, why the Midrash is telling us Kedor Enosh? I'm saying, I feel about Avodazara, period. He says, no, Kedor Enosh. Dor Enosh is something different from Avodazara that came later on. We have to understand this by uh, the explanation of Rambam, Shalom, who said, how did Avodazara come up altogether? After all, Adam Arishon, he was created, he knew who created him. He knows the Boreolam. His son followed him, Shet. But what happened is when he came to Dor Enosh, was slightly different. What was different? People came up and wake up in the morning, they say, beautiful sun, the beautiful heat that's being radiated from that sun. At night, you have the beautiful moon. And they said, well, who are these? These are representatives of the Boreola. So being that they are they represented the representative of the Boreolam, then they deserve also to be respected, and even they were bowing down to them. This is similar to if there is a king, for example, in a big kingdom, and he sends one of his representatives to one of the towns, and he comes there, everybody gives him respect. Everyone buys that to him just like you buy to the king. And Kamana Rasha, everybody was buying that to him. He was not the king. Well, you represented him. He was a prime minister, something like that. So that's what happened. In other words, in Dor Enosh, they firmly believed in Hashem. But they also figured these are representatives. Therefore, they would also worship them. Of course, later on, it turned out that they forgot all about this and then they just playing out with Azara altogether. But at that point, it was only representing Hashem. This is what happened in the Egel. Menemi Farshim said the Egel, it says, Kum elokim. Go ahead. Make some kind of a God. Why? Moshe ha'ish. Because Moshe Rabbeinu who brought us up from Egypt. We don't know what happened to him. Why bring Moshe Rabbeinu here? Because what they wanted something to replace Moshe Rabbeinu. 
Moshe Rabbeinu was their guide. He was the representative of the nation. So they also wanted someone to replace him in a sense, like because the Satan told them Moshe Rabbeinu uh, died, so that's it. They feel let's have something to replace him. Which means that they really believed strongly in Hashem, but they just wanted someone to be in between. So that's it, the Egel. And he who is Oved Avdazah, Kedoreno, should believe strongly in Hashem. Still, HaKadosh Baruch Hu will forgive him if he is Shomer Shabbat Kilchata. But Rabotai, we do know, all of us, that whoever will be Shomer Shabbat Kilchata will never fall into that kind of, of, of a problem. Never. Be Shomer Shabbat. It's obvious that he would know what is HaKadosh Baruch Hu, what is the Bore Olam. Whoever, Shabbat, whoever is respecting Shabbat and observing it properly, he would know that this has to do with the Bore Olam. But Akopani, the reason why some Mephashim say was brought over here, the Shabbat is just like the Egel, the Demishkan is Mechaper on the sin of the Egel then the Shabbat also could also be mechaper on the sin of the egg. Such is the power of Shabbat. That is the power of Shabbat. And we know all the time, like, however, someone that's religious and observant, we say he Shomer Shabbat. We don't say he Shomer Tefillin, or Shomer Kashur, Shomer Shabbat, because if he Shomer Shabbat, he's, obviously he'll be Shomer everything else. But on the other hand, it says, Kola Mechalel Shabbat Kekofer Bechola Torah Kula. A person who desecrates Chasve Shalom, the Shabbat, willfully, publicly, it's like he's denying the entire Torah. How do we understand that? We understand it from the Chafetz Chaim Alava Shalom. The Chafetz Chaim said the following. He said, let's say someone has a store. And on top of the store there's a sign. And the sign has the name of that person and the name of the business. That's the sign on top of the store. Now, if you go to that store sometime and then you see the store is closed, you say to yourself, why? Well, the sign is up there, everything is fine. Well, Maybe he's not well. Maybe he went on vacation. Uh, so, you know, there's some reason why he's just closed temporarily. But if you come, the store is closed and the sign on top is removed. It's not there anymore. There's only one thing. The business does not exist. It's finished. It's gone. That sign is the Shabbat, says the Chafetz Chaim. Shabbat is the sign. If God forbid the Shabbat is not there, then the sign is not there. Ki othi is a sign. And if it's not there, everything the business is closed. That's why 
we have to do uh, every effort. We have to try our best to make sure that we observe the Shabbat properly, to make sure that our children also know what Shabbat is. And you know, children only learn mostly by observation. If they see that the parents are Shomer Shabbat, they will follow. It doesn't matter how much you tell them what Shabbat is and you should be uh, Shomer and so on and so forth. But it's what they see in the house. That's what counts. If the father goes to shul, comes back, sits on dinner with the family, and he sings Zemirot, Tishbachot HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and he says Divrei Torah Ala Shulhan, Birkat Amazon, and all these things, then that makes a tremendous impression on the child, much more than anything you could tell him. So Rabbutai, this is the, the one emphasis I want to uh, tell you today, and that is, if you want to be, if you want to, if you want to teach your children something, Shabbat or any mitzvah, then you be the first one to do it and observe it. Then they will follow it. So at this point, I would like to remind you again of this beautiful station. And if you can help out, try now. Purim is coming. And Purim people are generous. Be generous. Also, if you have any simha, why don't you look us up? And come take a look at our beautiful hall. Any simha, wedding, brit uh, milah, bar mitzvah, whatever, you come and Be'ezat Hashem, you'll be satisfied. Shavua Tov, Yizkul HaMisvot.